Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. The more crowded the average gets, the more valuable like the end of the distribution gets. Just getting really good at what you're going to do is also going to be really important. I think AI is more likely to wipe out average in industries and and probably make like exceptional even more exceptional because it will allow people to spend more time on doing what they're exceptional at because they can offload certain things for inexpensive or near zero to AI. What's up, everybody? Today, I'm here with Barrett, one of the best SEOs in the biz, but also one of the best entrepreneurs out there. So thank you for joining the show. I want to get kicked off and say, ask you, how did you get into SEO and marketing? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. So uh, when I started my first company, on-demand storage. It's a commercial storage business uh, in Greater Boston. We spent a bunch of money on paid ads. Uh, did not really get the result we were looking for, which I think is pretty common um, unless you're really skilled with paid ads. And so somebody on the team had to had to learn SEO. And so I said, you know, it, it'll be me. And then I kind of ended up parlaying that into an agency business, which I've been doing for probably five, six years at this point, focused around SEO and backlinking and specifically, um, but we do help with all different parts of SEO. And so that's really how I got started in marketing. It was never really something that I set out to do, more of a need that then I saw an opportunity and, and aligned with a skill set that I had built. People have been saying SEO is dead for years now. What do you tell people why they should still keep investing in SEO today? Yeah, I mean, I think there's the, like the, the search volume through Google and other search engines, I think, speaks for itself. You know, there's hundreds of billions of searches a month. So I think naturally at this point, when somebody thinks of a service or product they need, the first place they go is Google, unless they're really certain about what it is that they need and where to get it, which more often than not is not the case. And so I think. SEO is changing a little bit with some of this AI stuff, but I also think in in Twitter and some of these ecosystems, like we're in a little bit of a bubble where the rest of the world is maybe not as caught up with this stuff. And there's still a really long way for it to go. And then on top of that, as these AI tools connect to the internet, like there's going to be some sort of hierarchy or algorithm that they're using to find which responses to queries that they're going to display. So I, I think the idea of optimizing search engines, so long as something is searched, there will always be a need to find a way to show up in the search. I think the one thing that's happening now is they're only becoming more top heavy. So there's going to keep getting more top heavy, meaning like ranking higher is just going to be, people are going to do less browsing. We have less free time. We're used to getting what we want quickly. So that the ranking high on these things is more important than, than in the past. What are some tactics you learned from your starting in SEO that you, you've you been applying right now that someone could take today and it will improve like their search results? The biggest areas you want to focus are content and backlinks. Backlinks are like votes of confidence. They build strength for your website or property within, within Google. So most of the time, if you're not ranking high, 
and you're having trouble improving your rankings, it's because you, your your backlinks are not strong enough, or you don't have enough of them, or it hasn't been a focus. So that's typically what I tell people. Uh, it's usually the the highest ROI activity. If I was just like to say starting out, like what is like the process of like getting a backlink? Like, because for some people, don't even know if you're like newer in marketing or something that people think that's like a weird term or they have no idea what a back. Yeah. I think if you're just starting out, you're probably best off hiring an agency to do it, frankly, uh, because building an internal system to get backlinks is honestly, it's hard and it's a pain. If you don't want to do that, basically what you need to do is find websites that are in your niche, have real traffic and a strong domain authority and convince them to let you post on their website. That's the hard part. It's something that we've learned over a long time and built relationships with specific websites, um, et cetera. To be honest, I think part of the reason our backlink service works really well is because building that internally is so difficult that it's usually not worth the effort. And then also it can take years to figure it out. So if you value speed and time, which most uh, businesses should, then it makes sense to just just kind of hire someone to do it for you. But if you don't want to do that, definitely reach out to websites that are in a similar niche to you and have good traffic and, and convince them to let you post. Just being in marketing from the beginning, I've seen someone try to do this internally and it took them a 50, 60 hour week to get like two or three links, which is crazy too. It's hard, hard game. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to to get it working in a way that's effective Internally, I think most, even large companies have opted to hire agencies to just handle that because it's very specialized and investing the resources internally more so than the money is just like, oftentimes it results in lost time, which allows your competitors to, who are maybe either better at it or hired somebody else who's better at it to focus and, and get, you know, get a lead on you, which is tough to make up. What are like some things you're doing today to stay ahead of the curve, especially with the AI trend coming right now for SEO? Like, what are some things you're doing to stay ahead of that? Yeah, I think on the content side, just learning how to use AI to create content at scale and learning how to use tools to get first drafts of, of blogs done more quickly or create giveaway material or, or, or lead captures for your website material, the amount of content that's going to be created is going to be dramatically scaled over what it was in the past. So if, I think if you're not using and working with and getting comfortable with AI, you're definitely going to be behind the eight ball. So I think you just, you have to do that. And so what we've decided to do is say, okay, how can we use this to create content that will rank and be relevant and be helpful, but do it in a way that allows us to create much more with much less. So that's my biggest focus with AI. So say you're you're starting a business today, what are some marketing channels or what are the, your first things you're doing to start marketing your company? Yeah, so for me, like I think distribution is is probably the most important thing. So I think building an audience, uh, it's been something that allows you to launch really quickly and also get feedback before you build stuff. So if I were gonna spend my time on anything, I would think it would be figuring out a way to get attention for free because buying it is very expensive and it converts way less effectively. So I'm, a, I'm on anything organic, right? I think that that is the, the way to get a company up and running in a way where it profits very quickly. Though paid is 
critical for scaling and important part. I think if you're talking about getting something going, having access to customers for free is is critical. How did you start getting your your first customers for your company? Because you started as in the storage company as a so it was referrals, referrals from vendors. So we started working with a vendor and then another one and another one. And then we did cold email and then I grew my audience on Twitter. And so a lot comes from that now. So between Twitter and um, cold email, you know, really grew it that way. Well, I think that, I mean, that's a test. I mean, it goes back to what you just said about building audience first. I think the model has shifted a little bit in the recent days of like, Building an audience to prove out what you're doing and then you could sell to them is so much easier than trying to start an SEO agency and then having to do just straight cold outreach or straight marketing. It's easier to build it off of reputation and proving it in public that you could do it. Cold outreach is tough. You need to be really good at sales to close cold leads. Inbound is much easier people come to you and it's more as a it's more of a result of a body of work and value given as opposed to asking for somebody's time so the dynamic is quite different when clients come to you with like seo needs and wants what are like the most common problems that you see that your clients have typically they don't have enough backlinks or they just like there's certain elements on their website that are just just not there that should be so referring to on-page SEO, but really backlinks is the biggest one. It's like most companies just don't have enough authority in the eyes of Google to like be worthy of ranking. So that's really where we started to tailor our service with a backlink heavy focus. We'll do more than that. But in reality, we just saw that that's what was holding most people back. So we said, this is a problem we should solve. Combine that with the aforementioned ambiguity that surrounds backlinks and it makes a ton of sense to kind of put those two together. I also think that like backlinking is like one thing that AI cannot do. We'll see. I, I hesitate to say it can't do anything uh, for fear of being shown up. But uh, yeah, I think it. I think it's. I'll just say harder to do than most. Things yeah. In SEO. Yeah. Yeah, I think content is the obvious one, right? It's like content and on-page SEO are the like that AI is going to do as good as a job as any person there in the near future if it's not already. With that said, though, I, I still think there's going to be a huge number of websites that are not using these AI tools. It's, it's like there's been a lot of great software out for a long time and people haven't used it. So I think AI is going to be big and really going to impact this stuff. I would estimate like the people on Twitter are probably over predicting the timeline at which that like some of this stuff happens for the average company out there. I think there's extremely tech for but like Twitter tends by nature, Twitter tends to be early adopters, right? Like this, you saw this with the web three thing. And I don't think AI is the same as web three, but all everybody talked about was web three in 2021. And now like it's almost a joke. No one is serious about web three. There's a fraction of the people that are serious about web three that were a, a year and a half ago. So I think AI is is not going to have that same fate, but I do think it's going to take longer to reach the average company than than most people would would expect. I used to work for Service Titan, which was like plumbing, HVAC, and all that. And I saw like some even these businesses wouldn't even buy the software because they were so ingrained in like doing things with like paper invoices and doing things. 
those companies were not innovating like fast and but they didn't need to because like the community like it was the community was so small they didn't need the scale so like there's like i think there's like the bigger companies are probably going to compete on this bigger than like these other industries that are already slow moving that don't even have technology in their company right now they can't even fathom what ai is and also i think ai i mean ai has been around for like a couple of years few years now like even like with paid search like it's run with like ai in the background a lot of it so it's like it's just become consumer facing now and easier for like consumers to use but it doesn't mean it hasn't been around for a while so people have been using it it's now it's just like depending what industry you need to compete on like most industries are going to be way later adopters of ai if you're an exceptional writer i think it will make your skills more valuable right if you're a truly exceptional writer like somebody like james clear it's like his skills are like more in demand with AI because there's more average stuff out there. And like the more crowded the average gets, the more valuable like the end of the distribution gets. Just getting really good at what you're going to do is also going to be really important. I think AI is more likely to wipe out average in industries and, and probably make like exceptional, even more exceptional because it will allow people to spend more time on doing what they're exceptional at because they can offload certain things for inexpensive or near zero to AI. So I think that's probably the likely outcome of a lot of this, which creates a different issue around, you know, like what does that do to a lot of jobs and stuff? And so I don't think it's going to wipe out industries as much as it will push the extremes a little bit. The way I've been seeing all this stuff with like in the marketing space is like, if you're a good writer, you still have to know what good writing is. Like you could say like, hey, write me this like blog post and you could well put it on your website today. But like a good writer will know like, okay, this doesn't sound very good. Or this like, this doesn't appeal to all. This hook is pretty weak. Like this, the the storytelling aspects of this like is not strong enough. Like a good writer will be able to know that. An average writer or people who don't know how to write it. Same with like, replacing like lawyers like you still have to be a good lawyer to know like is this argument good or bad like maybe they could pull up like cases and stuff but you still have to be a good enough lawyer to be like hey is this argument good enough or or bad enough and know if it's right or wrong well i also think it ignores the human element of like it's the same reason why i think a good example of what i think ai will do is exactly what happened when like the robo wealth advisors came out is everybody said Financial advisors are out of jobs, but in reality, financial advisors often are not paid to make investments as much as they are paid to be somebody there that you can talk to when the market's down and you need somebody to talk you off the ledge of selling. And I think the same with a lawyer. It's like lawyers, part of the reason you pay a lot for a good attorney is because you trust that person. You know, there's a human element in connection between people that are like proficient in their field and when you need what they can do that is not solely built on like oh this ai can fetch this case study it's like okay well i don't know how to interpret that i'm not an attorney and now i'm trusting this ai fully and i don't know that i trust it it could be wrong and so when you look at all that like i really just don't think that these fields are going to be wiped out completely because it's just not factoring in like 
I think a huge part of the reason why people are paying wealth advisors and attorneys and stuff like that. So that that that's really kind of my thoughts on AI. I think it will make people dramatically more effective and efficient. And I think eventually it will be fully adopted, but it's probably going to take a pretty long time would be my guess. From like an SEO mindset, like how do you think about creating content? Because I think different F- SEOs think of creating content in different ways. Like what is your mindset to create great content? Yeah, I think it depends on what your goals are. I mean, I think if you want, I think if you're building a niche site about travel experiences or something, then I think authenticity is critical to that. I think it's really important to have unique photos of you or somebody in your network in a specific place and actually have gone there and tasted the food or whatever. I think conversely, if you're creating content for an HVAC company in New York City, like it's more important to like know how the algorithm works and to rank it because it's 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 right, it's more transactional. Like people when they're searching for things about their air conditioner being broken, like they're trying to solve a problem now. When I'm reading about a travel experience, I'm trying to understand where I'm gonna invest in my next vacation. And so I want to like feel like I've been there before. So I think it's just it really depends on what you're doing and what your goals are with a specific website or business around how you should go about creating the content. Yeah. HVAC company needs to be more to the point and and make it a little bit better than the other people that are ranking. I think if you're trying to build an experience-based website, then it needs to be exactly that much more detailed, much more unique. I don't think you need to spend hours and hours and hours creating blog content for an HVAC site. I think you can look at what works and just modify. I think it's a good point. I also think the point you made about, I think too many people don't do the first step and say, hey, when I'm creating a piece of content, like what is the goal of this piece of content or like what are the goals of creating content? They just say, hey, I need content because or a blog because other people have blogs or I need a piece of content because I need to fill up my content calendar. But they don't think about, oh, hey, like this piece might be an attention piece. This piece might be an SEO type piece. This piece might be a piece to get people who are like in the buying phase to like understand and educate the buyer more. Like there's like so many different stages of content and a lot of people just say, hey, I just need to create this type of content. And they don't think about what you just said, like, hey, this is what's the goal. Like what industry am I in? How people buying today? They don't think about that that one piece before they sit down and start writing content. I think that's a great point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a good summary of that. How did you get in the mindset to go like from taking the jump to become an entrepreneur and taking the risk to start your own company? Like, what did it take? What did you do to set that up? I mean, for me, it was just, I really didn't want to work at uh, a traditional company. I think the time we're living in is the best time ever to probably start a business. I mean, it's the barriers to entry are low. So if you have skills and you can sell, uh, you can get in touch with more people, you can express your ideas for free. So when I really started to look at all these different things coming together, I said, this is a great time. And then, you know, one of the problems with most businesses is is like you need a lot of capital. You need, you know, then you have to live being broke for a while, which isn't fun. Um, or maybe you can't do it if you don't have family that can support you or whatever. So 
I looked at like an agency style model and I said, okay, well, I think I can sell. I think I can deliver this service um, and I've built these skills. And so, you know, I look at it and say, okay, it's going to be a high cash flow business. We'll be able to add value to our clients and I'll be able to learn about different business models. So when I looked at those things, I said, okay, I want to, I want to do this. I think marketing is a great place to get your feet wet in business because there's really large addressable markets. There's also niches and sub niches you can tap into. There's multiple types of services that companies need. So I think when I when I looked at that, I said, okay, this seems relatively low risk. So if I do it and I fail, it's like, what did I really lose? And so, you know, maybe a couple months of my time or something. On the flip side, I was successful and it's done a lot for me and my family um, and my myself and my confidence. So I think that that is how you need to look at opportunities is, is like, you know, what can I lose and what is the, what are the odds that I do lose that? And so that made a marketing agency like a compelling model for me. So you took the jump, but like, what are, what were the steps to take to like start growing your audience online to build your presence? Like what are some things you started doing? I don't think there are like hacks to grow your audience. Like if you want a valuable audience, it's very much earned. And so I think you just have to do cool stuff offline and then share it in a compelling way online. So if you're trying to build your company and then you write engaging tweets or post engaging videos, I think eventually people will take notice and follow you and share your stuff. Um, I think the second thing to do outside of that is to make friends on platforms, like getting comments and engaging with other big accounts is a great way to, to grow. Um, the, the platforms don't like to talk about that, but it's true. So if you do cool stuff, I would do it less with the mindset to get followers and more with the mindset to make valuable connections. And the followers are kind of a byproduct of like entering circles of value and delivering value and then people engage with that. So that's really how I would think about audience. So I, th I think if you're thinking, how, how do I get more followers? You'll probably be disappointed because you're not going to be creating authentic, engaging content, you're going to be like ripping off other people or posting platitude type content, which is kind of just worn out and old at this point. So just try to build stuff and, and tell people about it. The two important points that I loved about that as one is like, just build cool stuff for your audience and the audience will come. But also like, I think people miss the part of like, the point of like social media is to build relationships with other people mm -hmm. on social media. So if you build relationships with like other high value people, they're going to inherently come and like your posts, not because like you're asking them to do it. It's because you've, you've built an actual authentic relationship with like that person. So like, even like how this podcast, you came on this podcast is like you bought, built relationships with like, or like, put out such great content that someone took the time on the platform to like say, Hey, Barrett's the person to come on your podcast for X topic. So like, I think yeah, that's like sure. a, a testament of like, just think about putting out good stuff and then also build relationships on the platform and then your followers will come. Yeah, no doubt. That's definitely how my experience has been. What is a marketing hill you would die on? The future of, most companies is going to be somebody's personal brand. You see it so much. You started to see it five or six years ago with celebrities really engaging with business on their social media. And now you're seeing it with other people who've been able to build an audience. And so I think brands have figured out that paid ads are unreliable um, and expensive 
and it's a changing landscape, but popularity and free distribution are way more valuable than people thought they were. And so I think that it's more likely than not that really good operators will team up with really good marketers, meaning like personal brand builders to launch products and services um, just because it increases the time to success by like maybe a hundred times with a hundred times less effort. Because all the while we were building your audience, like that effort is all accruing. And then you can kind of just place your blessing on a product or service and it tends to work. So I th- that's, I would say something that's only going to increase in time. Yeah. Especially like how it's moving to like the B2B market more and more now. Cause I think like you've seen it in consumer forever, like athletes endorsing products, celebrities endorsing products, not like influencers creating products, but like now the shift to like B2B creators like you who have like shared that SEO is a great thing. Like eventually could create an SEO product that people you could sell to your audience because people like and trust you and trust that you're the SEO expert over like a company that they would buy that has no affinity like that. So I think it ties back in with what we were saying about AI and like a person being behind it earlier. It's like, there's just something that about trusting another person that's really foundational to the decisions we make. And so I think that it applies here too. And so I think that that's going to be going to be a, a strong trend in the future. Uh, last thing for you is where could people find you? Where could people go follow you? I just want to give you some time to like plug yourself. Yeah, for sure. So you follow me on Twitter uh, at Barrett J O'Neill. It's where I spend most of my time. Uh, it's probably my favorite platform. So give me a follow there and hopefully uh, you'll get some value from what I'm sharing over there. Well, thank you, Barrett, for joining. This has been great, and I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.